Hi, and welcome. Coming up is the first episode of Insert Sound, as it was recorded and written in January 2020, with the exception of the introduction that follows, which I decided to redo. Not that the original version was unusable, though it did slide down a rabbit hole chasing vague symbolisms of eye contact, but I felt it deserved a second go. So, welcome to Insert Sound, a podcast that lets me, your host, Svavarin Natasson, be creative and thereby learn to become a sound recordist. Each episode combines an experiment, idea, and therefore exercise in sound recording, which could be anything that comes to my mind. The premise is simply to let creativity and curiosity guide me on this educational but mostly experimental journey. I aim to create and explore by combining sound and spoken word, make some mistakes and thereby learn. And what did you say your name was? Svavar Jonathanson, independent radio producer, voiceover artist and caretaker in a retirement home where I read the news and the horoscope, among a few more equally random jobs. I live and work in Iceland, halfway between Europe and North America, and next door to Greenland. Though I've produced various radio documentary series for the Icelandic Broadcasting Corporation during the last 10 years, and worked as a boom operator on a few TV shows, I've always wanted to advance, both technically and creatively. With hundreds, if not thousands of hours of recordings, including interviews, music and atmospheric sounds, with a trusted, handy and hardy Zoom H4N and later H5, on the streets of Reykjavik, Iceland, along with dozens of cities around the world, I decided to upgrade. Though the benefits of the Zoom recorder include small size, long battery life, relatively good recordings and, in my experience, longevity, they are no match to higher-end recorders, like the sound devices MixPre 6, which I chose, along with the humble Rode NT4 stereo mic. The sound nerds are all leaning in at this point, waiting for more technical information, while the rest of you are probably rolling your eyes, about to go look for a true crime podcast. But hold on. Let's first listen to what Insert Sound actually sounds like. Insert Sound. All right, this is driving to the summer house, the last quarter. It's minus five degrees Celsius and the gravel road leading to the summer house, the cabin, is covered with ice. I've set the microphone on a low and heavy mic stand in the back of the car, monitoring through headphones. The road turns slightly down a hill as I pass the farm Morastadir on the left. On the right is the small canyon, where the fence falls off the edge, the wooden structure more akin to an absurd art installation. Big rolls of hay wrapped in plastic stick out like sci-fi pyramids from the snow-covered ground, and I again drift into this question. What might they be talking about in the other cars, which today are only two or three? But I think I noticed two people in each. Usually, I'm alone when I drive this valley, on my way to my summer house, spending a day or two, alone, mostly talking internally, alone, but not lonely. 
I've been going there regularly for the last four, five, six years, but the cabin had its glory days in the 80s when my grandparents bought it and often drove up in the spring, summer and autumn. Family and friends frequently dropped by for a barbecue, birthdays held on the black porch and blueberry picking in the autumn. Late 90s and visits became fewer and further between. The road, mountains and cabins stayed the same, unchanging, while my life in the early 2000s swerved, spiraled, twisted and turned, occasionally leading down this road in the company of a girlfriend, lover, friend or family, though most often alone. This road always led to the same endpoint, a place of calm, a sensation that grows as the car moves closer to the spread out colony of cabins and huts and houses at the end of this valley. This valley, which my car is now passing through, is called Middalur, Middle Valley, with mountains of approximately five to 800 meters tall on either side. The road goes east to west. The car, firm and heavy on the ice, spiked tires, crunched down. On the left, horses behind the wire fence, a winter grazing demanding hoofs clawing through the snow and ice. It's an overcast day, and so I don't feel the lack of light, which in January defines the valley, which does not get any direct sunlight, often shining bright behind the mountain called Esha. What might they have talked about when they made the rare drive to the hut in winter, my grandparents, with my grandfather behind the wheel of a big newish BMW, an accessory to the director of an engineering company, and a defining feature of him as a car owner, solid, accurate, hard-working, and serious like a German car, which, in case of heavy snow, could skid violently or easily get stuck, out of its comfort zone of autobahns and continental climates. I wonder about the topics of conversation in general. You know, the pillars of life, work, family, friends, politics, news, and of course, the confused weather, which for now is stable, calm, and cold in Iceland. I keep driving, alone, thinking about other people's conversations. I miss her on this drive, like on all other drives. Our conversations like a car radio, jumping between content, sounds, music, voices, thoughts, ideas, only occasionally getting stuck on a frequency of noise or uncomfortable silence. But there is never, ever silence in life. Where am I? I pass the tiny forest of 40 trees, like a stamp at the bottom of the hillside, and the massive pile of plastic rat hay bales, white and purple, stacked on the icy ground in front of the massive canyon that cuts into the mountain on the right, facing southwest. I've passed a farm named after the valley, its large apartment house, cow shed with grimy windows, and the large silos with a new product placement from the country's largest slaughterhouse. 
I once passed a young woman leading a group of cows down the road towards pasture. I parked the car, turned it off, and waited until she passed the car and let the cows into the pasture, at which point I walked over. It was a summer day, the valley one continuous carpet of green grass, and her stood in her blue overalls, the unofficial uniform of farmers in Iceland, except she was a Dutch farmhand, spending a few months in isolation from her life. I took a photo of her, said goodbye, and drove on, towards the summer house, which now is only a few minutes away. The road feels elevated, being higher up on the left side of the valley, leaving the valley floor about 20 meters below. The effect is subtle, but somehow dramatic, as if I'm looking down on some distant stage, where 30 horses are grazing on the frozen ground, below the steep mountain and the vertical cliffs at the top. There is a sort of bowl in the mountain, what I think is called a cirque, like a cirque glacier. Here, only a remnant of one. Visually, it's a treat, as it breaks the landscape in a dramatic way just before the corner of the mountain, after which you leave behind the valley, Middalur, and drive into the next valley, with the most beautiful name, Eilifstalur, or Never-Ending Valley. Battle Hill, a large mound on the right, its name from historical events a thousand years ago, and shortly thereafter, another farm, again, named after the valley. A row of trees, poplars, lined the field by the road, and the old cow shed has been turned into a fancy festive hall, or so I've assumed. But I can't assume anything when it comes to the possible conversations of my grandparents, who from 1980 until the early 2000s, frequently drove to the summer house, often after work. A 50-minute drive from the city, past the southern edge of a stunning mountain, into the fjord, which used to be the highway, now a scenic byway, and then the same road we've been driving, through the middle valley, towards the never-ending valley, where, for a few hours or days, a sense of retreat from the city. What did they say? Or what didn't they say? My father was already 20 when they bought the cabin, and I was born shortly after. I might have been the topic of conversation, the first grandchild, son of young parents in the 80s, at times of inflation and devaluation of the currency, unstable times. I guess there's always something to talk about. What can we say to each other? How much do we know about each other? How much can we find out and how long will it take? Will you like what you find out, or just learn to accept it? I usually drive this road alone, thinking solitary thoughts, sometimes about non-solitary topics, seldom getting a retreat from my wandering thoughts. I slow down and take a 90-degree turn to the right, down an icy hill leading to a bridge over a small river, and stop the car. I'm breaking the autopilot on purpose, the repetitive behavior that misses the chances of moments in between. There's no traffic and almost no wind. The sound of the river flowing under the car is amplified by the small canyon. The sound has a calming effect. 
It's a pre-calm to the calm to come. The water flows from the bottom of the valley about three to four kilometers from here, where vertical cliffs and near vertical scree hills descend from the tabletop mountain, formerly the base of an ice age glacier that scraped the surface flat, leaving clues of its presence in large boulders strewn around. I once hiked to the top with a friend, up a gentle sloping hill, over the top, reaching the scree hill I mentioned. With no way down, unless turning back, we clambered down, stepping onto large rocks, hopefully lodged safely in the precarious place. Knees hurting, we strolled over the hummingy ground back to the summer house. Seen from a distance, now, such a walk looks daunting, dangerous, and frankly stupid, the three adjectives of young men in their twenties. We are almost there. Up the hill, past the two garbage containers, one of them that blew over in a storm this winter, through the security gate, opened by calling from a registered phone of an owner. And past the first few houses. My grandparents belonged to the generation that accepted the basics of a simple summer house without electricity and running water. On the other hand, they were the first generation to live through the revolution of comfort and progress in the towns and city. Concrete housing, proper heating, geothermal and swimming pools, travels abroad, ski areas with lifts, Icelandic TV stations, imported fruits and vegetables, having grown up with clementines and apples at Christmas only. But the demand for comfort has reached the valley and its houses, with TVs, proper heating and insulation, geothermal water, hot tubs, electricity, lights in the driveway, Wi-Fi for some. But whatever the comfort, there is a sense of calm in the valley, where for two or three months of the year, the sun is so low that it doesn't even manage to shine directly, blocked by the mountain. I stop the car at the bottom of the hill, which now is icy, but easy, watching a four-wheel drive trying to get up the driveway, blocking the road as it rolls backwards, repeating the futile attempt. I give up, drive up and drive past them, wondering why they don't just walk the 45 seconds up the driveway to the house. Engine stops and recording as well. End of episode, but the beginning of insert sound. Let's see what this idea can become, me by creating and you by listening, hopefully, to the next episode of insert sound. <laughs>